anything you do, the bigger you want to go, the more people you will upset. There's no other way about it. If you do it from the true proper principles, if your heart is in the right place, trying to positively impact other people, that's it. That's going to be a good thing. Hey, hey, everyone. I'm Annie Dickerson. And on behalf of the entire Good Egg Investments team, I wanted to welcome you to this episode of The Life of Money Show, the show where we talk about everything from investing to financial freedom, to parenting, traveling, creating a life by design, and everything in between. I'm here with my amazing co-host, Susan Elliott. Susan, why don't you start by sharing with everybody a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Well, today is a really fun episode because we're going to be talking a little bit more about the how of financial independence. So last week, we talked about why developing your why for even starting the journey of financial independence, but also checking back in on your why as you go to keep your motivation up. But today we're going to dive in a little bit more of the nitty gritty, some tips and tricks and philosophies around how people reach financial independence. And the best part of today's show is that we got to talk to one of the like brightest and most happiest human beings I have ever spoken to. His name is Wojtek, and you'll hear him at the end of the show today talking a little bit about his personal journey of how he's pursuing financial independence how he's putting all the pieces together and it's going to be a great show. Yeah. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking back, you know, Wojtek, one of his biggest passions is tennis. Do you play tennis, Susan? No, but I just watched King Richard on Amazon Prime, I guess. And it's the story of the father of Serena and Venus Williams. So I feel very infused with tennis culture just right here in this very moment in time, (laughs) as well as like raising a tennis family, which is what something Wojtek is doing too. He married another tennis professional. So Mm -hmm. it's in their blood. And I felt like what good timing for me to have just done my research there. Right. (laughs) That's true. That's true. But You know, I was thinking about, I tried to be a tennis player. I really desperately wanted to, because Asian American, valedictorian track, like I, what better sport? I had the piano down, the orchestra. So I had the music, art side. I needed an athletic thing on my resume. And I thought, tennis, that looks easy. I could do that. Of course, I didn't start like his kids from very early on. This Mm -hmm. was like, I think maybe the summer before high school. I was like basically trying to cram for tennis tryouts at the Uh beginning of freshman year of high school, and it did not go well. So I went to this tennis camp. I'm like 13 years old, 14 years old, and it's a beginner class. And so they're teaching like, and I may have talked about this on the episode. This seems like a familiar story, but on the rip of the tennis racket, I think there's like eight different sides. And so they teach you these different grips. There's like the third mm, position. Like rotation. Okay. Yeah. Th- for forehand, I remember second position is for volleying. First position is backhand, maybe. I can't remember that. It's been a very long time. The technical part of me got that. I was like, okay, three is for this. Two is for this. One is for this. We'd practice just that swing. And I'm mm. like, I got this. And then they're like, okay, seems like you've got the hang of it. Now we're going to do a free for all. We're just going <laughs> to throw you the ball. And you're just going to choose whichever swing you think, and then you're going to hit it back. And so they start hitting the balls to me. I'm like thinking in my head, oh, it's coming this way. I think that's a third position. I got to go this way with my body and the racket's got to go over here. The ball's coming. Oh my goodness. It can only bounce once. And it's like all these things going through my head. And because it wasn't natural to me, I hadn't been doing it as a little kid. 
it wasn't instinctual to me. So I had to break mm-hmm. it down to all these different parts. And to make it worse, it was like the tennis teacher's son, who was like maybe mm-hmm. eight or nine, who was hitting these balls to me. And he oh, was like a younger totally, kid. Yeah, he was totally fine, <sighs> you know, like so easy for him. And here I am like falling over my feet. At that point, I was like, okay, maybe I just stick with the things yeah. I'm good at. <laughs> Maybe uh, I don't need to add an athletic a career to the mix of everything. <laughs> well, I like how you kind of hit upon like you couldn't quite quickly access the flow state with that new activity. Yeah. But clearly today, as you'll hear later on in the show, Wojtek has leveraged his flow state that he's probably, I'm sure, experienced during tennis. He's, he was talking about how he almost went pro or was on the journey to going pro and just his injuries, something happened and, and he pivoted. But He's applied that to his investing in ways that are just so profound that it's wonderful to see. And I think that like that kind of individual that's experienced success or privilege or just like a flow in a certain place to be able to apply that to another area of your life to be able to grow and see success in other areas is a really superpower. So he talks a lot about that today. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we're going to dive not only into his story, but we're also going to dive into the ins and outs of, you know, last week we talked about, or on the last episode, we talked about the why of financial independence or FI. So this time we're going to talk about the how. Now that you've got your why, how do you actually go about it? So we're going to dive into some of that. But before we do, if you are new to this, everything we're talking about here, especially around passive real estate investing, and you just want to know how it works and figure out if it's right for you. We've got a great resource for you. It's our Passive Real Estate Investing 101 email course. And so with this email course, uh, once you sign up, you'll get one simple to read email per day for seven days. And by the end of that seven days, you should have enough foundational knowledge to know if this is right for you and the resources to dig into further should you want to continue with your first investment. So to sign up for Passive Real Estate Investing 101, you can go to goodeginvestments.com slash free course. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and dive in. So Susan, where should we start? So we talked last week about the why of FI. So assuming somebody has figured out their why, Mm -hmm. how do they Mm -hmm. actually move forward now? Yeah, I think the number one place to start, and you'll hear from most people talking about financial independence, is developing what's called your FI number, your financial independence number. Now, I think that there's kind of two forms of thought on how to pick a number. Because if we are talking about finances, we're talking about dollar bills, right? How much money do I need to survive? So this is very numbers-based. But I don't want to scare away people who don't have a technical brain because this isn't super duper complicated. So I think that there's all kinds of calculators out there, first of all, as resources. If you just Google fire calculators, I like the ones on choosefi.com for basic. Like if I have expenses of X amount per month, what is my FI number or what should I be investing? That sort of thing. So you can Google that, find that out there. But your FI number, the first way to calculate that is to take your yearly, your annual expenses, multiply that times 25, and that is your FI number. And so Annie, help me with this. You probably have some of these numbers memorized out here. So if your annual expenses are 
I think it's $40,000. We'll just use that. If you multiply that times 25, I believe that's $1 million. I am actually going to just double check that. So that $1 million would be your financial independence number. Now, people use that. Yes, my math is correct. I double checked it just then right on the fly. People use that to say, okay, that's my big goal. I need to have a million dollars net worth if I want to be able to withdraw $40,000 per year for in perpetuity and still have my principal growing long enough that it won't run out. So this fine number calculator is based on stock market investing. It's based on low cost, low fee index fund investing where you're going to build basically like build up that portfolio and various accounts, maybe some are retirement accounts, some are just money market accounts, so that one day you can start withdrawing that amount. In our previous episodes, we did talk about how you can pick different numbers along the journey. So maybe you have a Coast Fi number where I'm throwing this out there. I need $500,000 in my accounts, in my stock market accounts to be able to say, ooh, I no longer have to keep investing into that. I can coast with my current lifestyle, and that will continue to grow towards my ultimate FIRE number. So for example, there's different FI numbers along that pathway. But if you want to start simple, that is the FIRE number that you need to be able to withdraw the money that you need to survive your passive income every month or every quarter off of for in perpetuity. Would you add anything to that, Annie, before we dive into the other philosophy of numbers here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I would add, it's The hardest part about this, I find, is not the calculators, is not the math. It's actually having the courage to look at your own finances. Mm, You know, Mel Robbins mm -hmm. has done this research because she has this high five principle where every morning you look in the mirror and you give yourself a high five. And that just gives you an instant dose of goodness for your day. And it tells your subconscious that you're supporting yourself, that at the very least, you've got your back and it's going to be a great day. But what she found was that over half of the people that she surveyed refused to even look at themselves in the mirror. They were so unhappy in their current lives, they didn't even want to look themselves in the eye. So they would just get Mm -hmm. up in the morning and go about their day. And so for many people, that can be the hardest part of this, just saying, okay, I don't care what the number is. I'm just going to go get a baseline right now. And without Mm -hmm, judging mm -hmm. yourself, just Mm. look at where you currently are, because you're not going to be able to change and really go after financial independence without taking a good hard look wherever you are at your current baseline. And so set aside that judgment for a minute Go mm-hmm. log into all your credit cards, look at your mortgage statements, all the things, and just get a baseline. And without judging that, that's the first step. I think that's probably the hardest step for most people. Yeah. Well, thanks for backing up there and talking about that. I mean, you're essentially talking about how you figure out that you live on $40,000 a year, right? Which is kind of a low number for these days. Um, yeah, and that, maybe it's not... a total number. <laughs> yeah, right. That would be dreamy, right? <laughs> but it's also like... Maybe in retirement, I want to live luxuriously. I want to live a little differently than what I'm doing right now. But just to have that no judgment moment to go back into your expenses and say, ooh, I am actually spending right now $80,000 a year where maybe you're able to tweak some things at that point. And those are little steps along the way of other hows to be able to reach that number. And FI is to modify your expenses, modify your savings rates. And these are all like little tweaks. We're kind of 
giving the full scenario. But if you can't do that initial assessment, yeah, it's hard to have a number from that. So no judgments moment on there. Thanks for adding that yes. in. So yeah. So I think there's the, another philosophy yeah. around numbers. So share that with us too. I'm going to share this one and you no surprise here. Andy and I probably think about this one a little bit more often because it relates a little bit easier to real estate investing, but also index fund investing too. You can apply it to there, but it's it's just more tangible for me to understand. And you don't have to do that weird math multiplying by 25 to get some big future number, (laughs) but it is. What are your monthly expenses? What are your annual expenses that you have right now? And what would it take to start replacing that money with passive income. So instead of saying like, one day I want to have this massive pile of wealth, I have right now $80,000 a year worth of expenses. I need to find $80,000 a year of passive income to replace that as I go. And so thinking about this, you can think about individual passive income streams as like negating that immediately. And maybe that allows you to live your life by design even sooner than you thought because you have a little bit more passive income coming in. You're not sort of waiting for that big pile of money to start supporting you as you go. And so you're chipping away. Essentially, this philosophy is at that freedom number as you go. And I just like this because I think that we can feel that progress sooner when we say, oh, look, I literally have $2,000 of passive income hitting my bank account every month or every quarter enough to make that every quarter, or in this case, I have $20,000 maybe of passive income every quarter, I'm already at my freedom number instead of like building it up towards the end. Yeah, exactly. And for those of you who like the math part, here's a simple, just how this works. So let's say you were to go, and I always like to look at the last, you know, six months or so of credit card statements, just because one-off things, holidays, travel, you want to get like a good average. So start by looking at your last six months of your expenses, including credit cards, mortgage statements, insurance, you know, anything like that where you're paying out and then get an average over those six months. And so let's say for the sake of example, a nice round number, let's say that comes out to about 10,000. Okay. So then that's your baseline, but you want to build in some buffer because there's going to be fluctuation month to month. So 10 to 20%. So let's say you add 10%. So that becomes 11,000. So then that 11,000 becomes your freedom number. So in other words, if you can generate 11,000 per month in passive income, you will have reached financial freedom because even if you didn't work, you would still be able to generate that 11,000 month after month. So that 2,000 that Susan was just talking about if you were able to generate 2000 a month, that's a good portion of the way to that 11000 You're not going to get it all in one fell swoop. It's going to be 500 here, 1000 here, 2000 here, and you're going to build it little by little. But that first step is knowing what that target is that you're aiming for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I like that. That's the freedom number. We have the FI number yeah. and the freedom number, just different versions of reaching the yeah. same place. I'll give you a great example is my mom, she's retired and she's actually making more money now as a retiree than she ever did when she was working because she's got not only social security, but also she's got this passive income from her investments. And so every month, I think her expenses these days are pretty low, let's say $2,000 a month. But with the passive income, she's bringing in about $4,000 a month. 
So with that, you know, she's got that extra 2000 that goes into her bank account every month. And so soon after several months, now she's able to reinvest that and now she can increase her passive income even more. And so with that, as she continues to age and she's not working, she has no plans to work, she doesn't have that fear that so many people have that I'm going to have mm-hmm. to money because she mm-hmm. knows there's this like endless, it's like the energizer bunny, this endless source of income that she doesn't have to work, but she knows that that income is greater than her expenses. And so the math just works out and she knows she's going to be able to leave us more than she started with, which is such a great feeling. That's where we all want to be, right? Yeah. I like that you brought it back to the Energizer Bunny scenario. So (laughs) with that five number, that's based on withdrawal rate of 4%. So that 4%, excuse me, of 1 million. So all of the math, all of the analysis here, lots of Monte Carlo simulations, all kinds of papers, economists working on this to determine that 4% withdrawal rate has the highest success rate for your money continuing to be able to support you in perpetuity. So not running out. But some people have argued that because there are a certain percentage of scenarios where even 4%, you'll end up with zero. If you hit some bad years in there and they're averaging, I mean, the math behind this and the science behind this is quite extensive, right? So this isn't just based quickly on uh, the history of the last 30 years or something. So some people say 3% is the more conservative. There's even been someone lately who has released that oh yeah, you should be able to have an 8% withdrawal rate. Now everybody in the FIRE community that's index funding based was like, no, 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 no. The FIRE community is a light. (laughs) Yes, it is a good light. And it's good to gut check. Like that was too far, too far. Because that, I think that the numbers were such that you would have a 56% success rate. Meaning in 56% of the scenarios, you didn't run out of money, but in 44%, you did with an 8% withdrawal rate. So not safe, <laughs> not good odds, right? But with any of those, it does come with this sort of like looming, am I going to run out of money depending on how the market goes over the retirement even. But with those passive incomes, I mean, there's risks to investing in everywhere you invest, even in real estate. But it's nice that if you're basing it on the passive income, you still have this monster principle that continues to grow. I actually showed that quite well because I am a math geek, math brain, in a recent Good Egg Live that I did where I got to show my model behind investing $10,000 per year. So if you started pulling out $50,000 a year in with your real estate portfolio or $50,000 a year with stock market, you actually like and stopped investing at that year in year 30, your real estate continues to grow fantastically. You actually run out of money with the stock market if in 30 years you start pulling 50K and stop investing. So just pulling out. And in fact, you could have actually been pulling $130,000 of only just the income you're receiving from your portfolio with the real estate portfolio, let alone the proceeds and the original principles being reinvested back in. So you're continuing to see growth even with that higher amount. That's really powerful. These are just like different ways that you can decide how you want to think about pursuing FI. This is like the beginning thoughts around just kind of picking a goal. We like those goals of like a little bit more chewable monthly kind of goals. It's still going to take you a long time potentially to build those passive income streams to do that. Maybe not. Maybe you're able to invest a ton. But the next step is saying, how much do I need to invest to be able to reach that goal in X amount of years? Um, And it's really just starting, starting to invest now as soon as possible. Find a way to get started investing. I can't tell you enough if you don't start this process, it doesn't work. 
Yep. That's such a great tip. If you don't at least try it, you're not going to get to the outcome. And so, yeah, I just want to bring it home with, okay, so first let's just summarize real quick. So first step is to either wave top or from the bottom or the top. If you Mm -hmm. like phi number better and you want that total number that you need to build up, great. Go that route, find your phi number. If you like freedom number, the sort of monthly expenses route that makes more sense to you, figure out that number. But that's the first step is to figure out the target that you're aiming for. The second step is then to go and start to test out these different paths for starting to build out that passive income. And it's going to be different for everybody. And in the upcoming story, Wojtek is going to share how he found what's working for him. Like you and I, Susan, have tried lots of different things. We started out with house hacking. We've done private lending. We've done out-of-state investing. We've done all sorts of different things. Even like 401k matches from our previous employers. (laughs) Like, I mean, not just real estate. We talk a lot about real estate here, but like we've tried it all. (laughs) I've done Bitcoin investing. Oh, I haven't done that. Not going to lie. I haven't done that yet. Yeah. (laughs) No no crypto for me. The way there is to stay in your lane, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) to understand what you're investing in. But Anyway, so to bring it back, Susan, to what you were saying is you're not going to get the result if you're not going to start. And so mm-hmm. that's the key is almost think of it as a prototyping phase. And Wojtek talks about it too. It's oh, like, he talked about it so good. Yeah. I loved his philosophy around this yeah. because he's like shed this fear of this has to work. I have to pick the right, right. thing. I have to do the yes. best thing. And honestly, like just by getting started and he had this mindset, like this is knowledge. Maybe this is me paying for a course to learn to do the due diligence to understand how to evaluate a team that I want to work with, or just like building the communities and even his first investment in a new form of real estate investing. He has a little bit of that, like, yeah, let's hit a home run. But also if this is just me learning, that's part of this journey, but I'm going to start my tuition. Exactly. Yeah. And then with each thing that you try, it's going to give you a little bit more information. So even if all goes bust and you lose that or part or all of that initial investment, now you know something that doesn't work. Okay, great. Let's cross that off the list. Okay, what information did that give you that will now help you find the next thing that you're going to try? Now maybe you know some better questions to ask or you've made some connections Mm -hmm. through this experience. And so step by step, but you're not going to get there without first trying. So this is the prototyping phase. This is the fun part right? So Mm -hmm, have your freedom mm -hmm. number in mind, prototype, try out different things, and then readjust and tweak along the way. And I want everybody to encourage, listen all the way to the end to Wojtek, because he gives a number that is not the freedom number, not the FI number, but it is his number that he is working towards in financial independence. So you have to stick around to figure out how he's framed that end goal. It's one of the most unique and powerful ways that I've heard. So make sure you listen up for that. Indeed. All right. Well, without further ado, let's dive into our conversation with Wojtek Stadakiewicz. Wojtek, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I listened to many of the episodes. I love it. I just hope I can hold that bar high, you know? <laughs> Well, we're thrilled to have you here for you to share your story with us and our listeners today. Can you start by telling us just a little bit about you, maybe your family, where you're from, and a little bit about your business? Yes, fantastic. So I was born and raised in Poland, so I'm not faking this accent just for all of you there. 
I was trying to be a professional tennis player. Didn't quite make it. At the age 18, 19, I realized with some injuries that I have to change my path, that it's not going to go the right way. And I was lucky enough to get across a player who was going to a D1 college in the United States. And until this moment, it wasn't really on my radar. And then I was like, you know what? This is the path. Let's give it a try. First, ended up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Wasn't really my place. And through different circumstances, ended up in Buffalo, New York, where we are right now in the suburbs of Buffalo, New York. On the women's tennis team, there was a six-foot-tall Indonesian tennis player named Denise. And we're 13 years later or so, uh, married happily for eight. Uh, we have three children, and we did a five-year stint in New York City, but then moved back to Buffalo, again, not to start from zero, because we're true immigrants, fresh off the airboat. We don't come with boats anymore, but the airboat. So both of our families are fully in Indonesia and Poland. I have two older sisters, seven nephews and nieces, happy to still have parents who come and visit often. Denise has two siblings in Indonesia. So our children are 50% Polish, 50% Indonesian, and 100% American, right? So, uh, And they probably, all three of them, came out of the womb with a racket attached to their hands already. <laughs> absolutely. That was the major struggle during childbirth for my wife. But no. <laughs> our eldest son, his name is Ace. We got to keep the certain vibe going. My last name is so long and so difficult that we wanted to be kind to our children. So the names are all shorter. So we have Ace, Sky, and Hugh. We have three children, all under age five. So a busy household, a lot going on. And I was doing different things in tennis world. And then I decided to really dive into working with 12 and under children. I always seen myself as an educator as somebody who wanted to make an impact on the life of others and on children. And to me, my vehicle was tennis. I also felt like tennis has given me so much in my life to me and Denise, and I really wanted to give back to the sport itself and to children. And um, the tennis world for 12 and under is not quite where, where I hope it could be. They didn't want to complain about it. I decided, you know, what can I do about it? So I have created a company called Rogues right here stands for red, orange, green, ACE, which are red, orange, green are stages of development of children in tennis. And we are about five years in. And the vision and the hope is to make it into a franchise one day. That's what I'm, I'm doing my little business path on that side and then trying to do other things. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I love to hear how that manifested, you know, you both came from abroad and you built your family here, you're 100% Americans, but you're taking a passion and you're saying, how can I help other people do that? I think that is something that strikes us at Good Egg so heavily because that's where all of our paths have led to as well. That's cool. So tell us now a little bit more about how financial independence came to play a role in that whole journey. That's a cool story that I couldn't stage any better, right? So I was always susceptible to reading about finances, Rich That Poor That, one of my key books, right? I read it already 15 years ago or so, and always been on my radar, always had some thoughts about it, but just haven't quite been in the mental space to be there, right? You can always complain about not having enough time. I think you were talking about this in the last episode, that there's always these excuses that we can give, but ultimately something happened and my mind has finally been in the right state and basically two months ago 
through, I was doubling in some arbitrage in the past. Arbitrage is a short-term rentals. There was this gentleman named Al Williamson. Al is a great guy, has his little group, has a program, very passionate about this space in real estate. And, you know, in my journeys five, six years ago, I was like, you know, maybe I should try that. I tried it. I tried to do the course for 30 days or so. Beautiful group, great support system, but I realized there's a lot of work with it. And I just wasn't quite there with the time commitment. So I put it on the back burner. But Al has been kind enough to keep me on his mailing list and stuff. And occasionally I've been looking at the emails. And then long and behold, two months ago comes an email saying, there's this gentleman, Brian Davis, shout out to Brian, amazing guy, co-investment, um, co-investment club called Spark Rental. And they're going to present about real estate syndication and what they do, right? So there's this opportunity for passive income, real estate syndication. I have no clue, never heard of it. I'm like, hey, finally something I can get behind, right? I don't know if I have time for anything else, but passive sounds good. Let me dabble in it. So Tuesday night, literally like 7 p.m. presentation. I'm after all day on court doing other things. Then I do the presentation, hour and a half. Again, Brian, awesome. And at the end, they're like, if you want to join our course and our co-investment club, these are the terms. And I thought for about 10 minutes, I'm like, you know what? Let's go. Why not? You know, it's a business expense. <laughs> Let's learn something new. So I sign up. And I emailed them and said, Brian, I'm in. I'm excited. Thank you so much. And he's like, that's great. Tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. your time, we have this presentation with Good Egg Investment. So this is Tuesday night, 9 a.m. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready, right? Like, I don't know anything. I just it's the first time I'm seeing this stuff. But I'm like, you know, why not? Like, it must be a sign. Let's go. Good Egg Investment sound as good as any other company. And I jump on your website. I got a good vibe. I was like, let's go. Brian sounded great. Good egg investment. And that was your growth fund too, of course, proposal with the Fort Knox hotels. Again, I listened to this stuff and I was like, this makes so much sense. This makes so much sense. So I really dove as deep as I could into trying to get as much knowledge within 72 hours, whatever, within a week. So I was like on forums and I hit the left field investors shout out to lfi community and brian and i've been on your website i've been on two of your calls i've been bothering Anne with my emails i'm like i'm like all over the place i sent to like group of 30 people in my circle like what do they think right my mentors at, at the time still my mentors but of course everybody answers i have no idea this is not going to work right and i'm like yeah i don't buy when somebody tells me it's not going to work like if you tell me i tried it i tried this syndicator this will happen. But if you just tell me like, this doesn't sound like it can work. So I was like, it, all it means is I don't have the right people around me yet. So I got much more feedback on LFI community. I got some feedback with Brian. And I was like, you know, with my wife, basically we had this money in a stock in a SP 500. I said, let's take a big percentage of it where I think $10,000 was like 25% of our stock portfolio. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not really believing in that stock portfolio anyways. So maybe this is an education money, but let's hope Anne and Julie and the team knows what they're doing. In the worst case, it's pretty cheap for college. You know, 10,000 is not a bad tuition. I just said to myself and to my wife, you know, I promise you that I'm going to dive deep into learning as much about it as I can. So I try to use my faculties and this is not my world, 
but I came with the approach I always come, just try to get a feel of situation, read as much as I can, as long as it makes sense to me. And what people are telling me adds two plus two, you know, mm-hmm. in habit, I jump on the investment. So- wow. I love that you bring in people at every step of that process. Every you step. started by saying, who can I learn from? I'm going to just take this short course, right? You understand the value of doing things, maybe the quick way, the right way. Like, let's get this information from someone who knows what they're doing, but let's not just 100% jump all in. You evaluated, I heard you talk about SDR arbitrage, short-term rental arbitrage. That is a lot of work. <laughs> I have a short-term rental. I rent my house out when we're gone on vacation and it's I'm in the hustle phase and I'm ready to be done with it too. So I feel you on that. But then every step of the way, you went to different communities, different people. And the biggest thing that I heard there was I love that when people gave you the answer of like, no, no, that's not going to work. You gut checked it with like, wait, did they know what they're talking about? Have they done anything like this before? And if the answer was no, you're like, oh, wait, you're just a naysayer. You're not an educated person to be talking to about this subject. And you went and found that community. That's really, really powerful, especially on the progress towards financial independence, because it is community game. And coincidentally, the book. So I started listening to so many podcasts. I'm listening to so many books again. I'm like all over the place and trying to get into that mindset. And big shout out to investor community in general. Something that shocked me is how accessible people are versus a regular world. When you see somebody driving a really nice car and having a really nice home in your real life, it's really difficult to connect with them, right? And if you come to them on the street, they will look at you like, what the hell, right? They will have yeah, a Maybe you're order. just, uh, Correct. just a crazy person talking to them. Right? So I've been kind of in that space where, as you see, I'm trying to hide it, but I'm pretty open person, right? I love making <laughs> connection. I'm having great time with people. I love people. And my mission in life is to bring people up. That to the certain extent, now we are getting into some philosophical things. But the reason why I don't live in Poland is partly because as Polish people throughout our tragic history and throughout just who we are deep in the core, there is a certain amount of pessimism that is just built in into mentality mm-hmm. of the Eastern Europe. It's a sad history, right? But I've never been that way. Mm-hmm. I understand we all have problems. I listen, the life is a hard life, but ultimately, If you smile, and if I can, with my outgoing bubbly attitude, with my energy, with the funny jokes, I can uplift you as a person. I feel like I have done something to impact you, where if I'm going to tell you how many tough things are happening in my life, you're just going to be like, yeah, and mine is as well. Like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. So the one Mm -hmm. thing about America that I enjoy is... Again, we are a little bit on the other side of a spectrum, right? Like I always say, you know, your mom might have died yesterday, but you will still be like, oh, yeah, hey, hey, you know, how are you doing? Right. Unless it's somebody who's really close to you, then you will actually say what's going on. But everybody has this fear of I need to be all the time happy. I need to act like I'm just Mm. at least the outside mask needs to be. But at the same time, it's sort of like I prefer that outside mask than outside mask Mm. of like I got a flat tire in my Ferrari, you know, God. Life is so tough. Flat flat tires in the Ferrari really get you down. Yeah. Correct. So what I was going at, what I was getting at was um, I was listening to the book, Think and Grow Rich, right? And, you know, I knew this book. I absolutely love it. And the fact I love it, why I love it so much is because I fight against a little bit the fact that today's world is so gray, that everything is all point of view. And we got to be very careful what we say to not hurt anybody and to not 
upset anybody. The fact is, anything you do, the bigger you want to go, the more people you will upset. There's no other way about it. But I believe that if you do it from the true proper principles, and the principles are timeless, right? Principles are timeless. They're not based on the culture, on religion, on anything. If your heart is in the right place, and that right place basically means if your actions are trying to positively impact other people, that's it. Really, <laughs> Anything that comes from mm -hmm. that perspective is going to be a good thing. And what I really like about the book itself is that, A, it's you know nine years old or more. 1937 was original. So it's nine years old almost. And the things that they're talking about are still so powerful. But more importantly, mm -hmm. Napoleon Hill doesn't shy away from saying, this is wrong. This is bad. This is good. This is good. I spoke to 5,000 people. I think he had the voice like you. I spoke to 5,000 people and 98% of them were failures. That's a quote from the book. I'm like, what? Like if you say it in today's world, it's like how many people will get upset, right? But to the me- The Twitterverse would explode. That's correct. <laughs> the, or Xverse, whatever you have to call it now. Yeah. But to me, <laughs> Good point. to me, it's so beautiful because it's like, yeah, the wrong is still wrong. Like the right is still right. And sure, you can have your opinion. You know, sure, you can have different view on certain subject. And for example, mm. debate, debate is right. We can be on two completely opposite points. We don't have to agree. We can have a great discussion. That's all healthy. That's democracy. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But to be afraid to say anything and have to change the word, every word you're using, because there's some group that will see you this way or this way. Yeah, I just feel like we'll lose so much time and energy on finding mm -hmm. the right words where it's like spend this energy on helping. Let's just do something. Let's do it. Yeah. I love the commitment to integrity and how that parallels with living a meaningful life, making meaningful impact on people, truly meaningful, meaning that it's coming from your heart is what you're saying. And then what most people don't bridge, maybe they have all of those sentiments, but then like, how can that help me pursue financial independence? Or how can I take those principles and those feelings to pursue financial independence? And, you know, you've got the whole how in there, how I'm going to be doing that. You're uplifting communities as you do this, Voitech. So you're reaching out on those community forums. You're helping other people. You may be getting a ton of information, connecting all the dots, learning about things, being able to use those tactics to progress down the path towards five, but you're also uplifting other people as you go. That is amazing. It's beautiful. What other tip would you give anyone who's starting out on this journey towards financial independence? Number one is knowledge. Knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. Be open. You know, I watch no TV, less than a half an hour of Netflix. I listen to music rarely. And it's just everywhere I go, it's a podcast, it's a book. And I'm not saying I'm trying to sound like I'm doing this, all these amazing things, but I'm just trying to really be focused on what am I letting in and, you know, what type of energy I want to surround myself with. I'm trying to look for mentors, look for good information, look for all types of information and read a lot. There's so much good stuff. Find right people, find a community to support you, people who don't support you keep them if they are very close to you, whatever. But just understand that, you know, for example, for investment, you have to find other people. One last question before we move on to the Life and Money Show Spotlight Round. So you mentioned you got to find good people. How do you know you had this period of very quick, like you learned about syndications, then you hopped on, sounds like a webinar with us. And then you were like, okay, let me give this a try. How did you know 
that we or anybody else you might invest with were good people? How did you know we wouldn't just take your $10,000 and go on vacation? It's a fantastic question. And it all comes to opportunities, just an intersection of preparedness, right? And whatever the other thing is, information, right? And then I feel like I've been preparing myself for a long time, like getting my gut in order and getting my knowledge to have the base knowledge of who people are, why they do what they do, and what kind of situations I come across in life. And then when you guys came around, I was ready to just sort of go like, all right, what do I need to check? So I did go to SEC side. I did check your social media stuff. I did look up the every single conceivable things. I did type in a good egg scandal. <laughs> I mean, like random things, right? Just like trying to see if there is anything that is a clear red light. And I haven't found any. So ultimately, it was like, you know what? I wasted enough money in my life on other stupid stuff. And again, if this is an educational piece, it's very valuable. So the worst case scenario, I'm learning something new. And that's it. No scandals out there. We've done a good job sweeping everything under the rug then. I love it. <laughs> you need to give me the contact to that specialist. Your PR firm is doing the good thing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> But, you know, Wojtek, what I love, love, love about your story is you and your wife have made this great life for yourselves and your kids, and you're doing something that's in line with your passion for tennis and community and impact, but you didn't stop there. You said, wait a second, I think there's something more. I think there's something beyond this. And you open your eyes and you dared to go beyond where most people stop. And then on top of that, then you said, okay, I'm going to pursue this thing, financial independence. I want to grow our wealth. I want to be very intentional about it. And you tried with the short-term rentals. You immediately, you were like, okay, I get it, but this won't fit my lifestyle. And here's why. Okay. Now I now know better what I am looking for. Okay. Now when this other thing came along, you're like, okay, this actually fits better into the mold of what I'm looking for. And at that point, you already had this base of knowledge so you could ask better questions and get to that readiness faster. So I love this trajectory. Everything happens for a reason. So even though you didn't get involved with short-term rentals, it was clearly a stepping stone to get to where you are now. 100%. And to just add another quick thought is we talk about fire. And the interesting thing is that the moment I joined this financial independence journey, I realized the journey itself, I'm loving it. There's no place I would rather be than right here, right now, where I am. When I was younger, I was thinking, you know, the retirement, the this, the that, right? Like I'm trying to get to some magical number. I do have one number in my head. I want to donate at least a million dollars with my wife and our family over our lifetime. So that's the only number I have in my head. And obviously to donate that, you have to make much more, but I don't care how much I make. I just want to donate. But the point itself is I truly feel right now that there's so many cool, exciting projects that I'm getting involved with. Thanks to your guys' approach of financial independence, it allowed all these avenues of doing other cool things. And this is such a reward in itself that I don't want to change anything. I want to keep doing this. Sure, I want to go maybe to a few more vacations. I want to do this and that. But like, then I want to get back right into it. I'm just loving it. You know, it's so much fun. And all these projects, foundations, you know, we talk. And off record, we talk about the junior achievement. I'm getting more involved with that. It's just awesome. There's so many cool things happening. I'm loving it. I love it. That's oh, so good to hear. Right into that flow state. 
and everything's lining up for you. So I think that's the perfect segue, actually, into the final part of our show, the Life and Money Show Spotlight Round, where we'll ask you three questions that we ask all our guests. Wojtek, you ready? I'm pumped. Fantastic. All right. Question number one is about your life and money. So tell us one thing that you're doing right now to live a meaningful and intentional life by design. Well, so as I already mentioned, all these different projects that through financial independence pursued is starting to allow me to do those things. But one specific thing that sort of was a foundation of all of it is I'm a creative guy. Again, you might not know this, but I'm a creative guy, right? I'm not really the numbers guy, right? So I knew importance of budgeting and, you know, a solid financial statement, but I've always been like, ah, my wife is a banker. You know, like she's really taking care of that stuff. Let me fly high. But then I realized that in order to truly have that mental freedom is I really started achieving it the moment we nailed down our family financial budget and realized, okay, how much money can we actually be investing? How much money are we actually having? How much are we losing? We don't do Whole Foods, but that's a national brand. So let's say, can we shop in Whole Foods or do we need to shop in Aldi? and so on and so forth. And we realized that those choices start giving you the financial discipline to allow you to do all this other thing. So that feels like a really cool feeling. Yeah, really getting a hold of your finances and making those intentional choices because that's what's going to fast track your path to financial independence. I love that. All right. Second question is about others' life and money. So share with us one life or money hack a resource, a tip, a book. You've already mentioned some uh, in earlier in the conversation, but if there's something else that you haven't mentioned that has helped you that you think will help others as well. I just think just get in the investor community, like get into all these different groups. And I started getting in a habit where I listen to podcasts. I listen to somebody who sounds great. And I say to myself, I will email them and say, Hey, you sounded awesome. A, I really appreciate what you have shared. B, I would love to talk to you. You just sound like a person I want to talk to. Like, do you have time to talk? It's same part is everybody says, yes, I love to talk to you. Let's go. Where in like this basic life, my thinking, the life before all this pursuit, like it was unconceivable for me to just reach out to a business owner or somebody who's buying a skyscraper and be like, I just want to talk to you. Like, you know, in my head, I was like, who am I? Who am I to talk to them, right? Where if you get yourself into this community, there's so much mental abundance, so much flow. And because all of us understand, if you're a true investor, if you're a true entrepreneur, you understand that the more you want to receive, the more you have to give. So there's all these people like, you take, no, no, you take, right? So it's like this incredible energy that it just creates such a positive vibe. So So my big hack is get out there and don't even have a goal. Get on a call and say, I have no goal. I don't know why I want to talk to you. All I know is you sounded amazing on the podcast. Like, why are you the way you are? What can I do to be like you? Such a great tip. I think we all have that imposter mindset starting in this investor journey. But just email the next podcast guest or host that you listen to that you align with, even if you don't have a question. That's great. Yeah. Fantastic tip from building that community. I love that. All right. Final question is about the world. So tell us one thing that you're doing and you've shared more than one, but if there's something else that you're doing to help make the world a better place. 
So I'm Catholic, right? Shocking. I'm Polish. I'm Catholic. There is a one story from the Bible that always was very impactful in my life. And I always share it. I feel like the talent story, right? The talent, you know, one servant got one talent, one three, one five. And, you know, basically master disappeared for a year and came back and said, what did you do with the talent? Right. And for better or worse, I might just be delusional, but I really believe I receive a lot of talent. I have some athletic talent. I was born in a great family. I have all this potential. So I just feel like I really got to strive for a lot to even just match the talents I already received. So like, I believe that I want to make an impact in as many positive ways I can. I don't know how many I will do, but I feel like living by day by day in the intention of getting up and saying, what can I do? to just even one person or five people, what project I can get involved in and just around me. There's not too many people, especially lately, frowning after I enter a room. I'm trying not to allow that, right? Like Such a simple measure. That is so good. <laughs> That's my goal. I just want to come in and it requires me to be the goofball. I can be the goofball. If it requires me to be the shoulder to help you, I will try to be that. I will try to mold myself to whatever it's needed, but I will try to come at it with a smile. And, you know, there's so much suffering in the world. Obviously, there's so much tough luck on people, so many bad situations, real bad, right? Like, it's so easy to lose yourself in that space. So I'm trying to approach it from the opposite end. Like, I want to, from the inside, go out and see how wide can I get a circle of smiling? How wide can I get a positive energy going? You know, if it's just five people, maybe it's just five people, but maybe... The next time it can be seven. Maybe whoever is listening out there will now have a smile on their face and say, oh my God, this Polish guy, you know? But it's a funny guy. You check out the video, you'll see that Annie and I couldn't wipe our smiles off this whole time. And I hope sometime, Wojtek, that we're in the same physical room with you too. Because I think that, you know, I'm getting it over Zoom right now, but to be in your presence, you can just tell that you're one of these people that lights others up. Oh, it's fun time. It's fun time. Wojtek, you are clearly a phenomenal human being and such an inspiration. I know our listeners are going to want to learn more about perhaps Rogues, maybe connect with you. What's the best place that they can go? Wojtek at Rogues.com. My website, just easier than my full name. Again, if I can help anybody, if I can chat, I'm more than happy to be there for you guys. Because I feel like you see the difference. I'm more of the sport guy, the fun guy. You know, you have a lot of real estate professional, bankers, you know, a lot of smart people. I'm not quite there. You can find the other person to talk to. I'm that other person. Easy to talk to. So yeah, talk to me. Exactly. There we go. So for all the listeners, you've got your homework. You can reach out to Wojtek as your very first podcast outreach. Wojtek Starakiewicz, father, investor, and founder of Rogues. Wojtek, thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing your amazing story. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for the community you you. have created. Thank you. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening to The Life & Money Show, the show all about helping you to create a meaningful and intentional life by design. For show notes or to listen to previous episodes, go to lifeandmoneyshow.com. For more information on how to invest with us and create passive income, to build wealth for your family, go to goodegginvestments.com. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe, share this podcast with a friend, and leave us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you incredible new conversations all about 
life, and money. Till next time, remember that your financial journey is a lifelong adventure and we're here with you every step of the way. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.